All right, good afternoon, Dr. West. Nice to see you again. And there were some medical records provided in this case of Mrs. Ward's to the attorneys, correct? Yes. And you had nothing to do with providing them to the attorneys, correct? Correct. And in fact, you hadn't really reviewed her records prior to our chance to talk to each other a couple weeks ago, correct? I've, I've reviewed some of them, not entire, entirely. Have you reviewed anything additionally since we last talked? I've gone through the records again. Okay. So you've had an opportunity to do that? Yes. And so you would agree, as you testified this morning on direct, that your records back then weren't necessarily 100% complete? At the time of the deposition? Or? At the time these records were being made in the mid-2000s. I'm not sure what you mean by complete. Well, for example, on your first meeting with Mrs. Ward back in 2005, you switched her from Prozac to Celexa, correct? Right, and I did not mention why I made that change. Correct. Correct. And so when she first came to you, that diagnosis that she brought with her was OCD and anxiety? Yes, that was the diagnosis. There also had been mention of depression, but her di she seemed much more anxious than depressed. And in that first meeting, you didn't have her former records from the other offices, did you yet? I don't think so, no. And so this would have been her, her right. self-reporting it? Yes. And so did you go into any inquiry uh, with her on that first visit as to what was making her either depressed, anxious, or OCD? I don't recall. I mean, I probably did, but it's not in the records and I cannot remember. All right. And then you proceeded to go on to change the prescription from Prozac yes. to Celexa that first yes. visit? Yes. Okay. And so when you did that, you had not had the benefit of reviewing any of her medical records from her former provider, correct? No. Right. And so you don't really know what their basis, if they had a basis at that time, was for any diagnosis of OCD, anxiety, or depression, correct? No, I probably talked to her and determined it from my history with her. Okay. But my question is, you didn't review the records to see if they, those medical providers, had an opinion? Not that I recall. Okay. Now, when you did have an opportunity to go through her medical records, isn't it true that she had been prescribed some form of an antidepressant from at least as far back as 1998? Yeah, sertraline and Prozac. All right. Well, and what about the Zoloft? That's sertraline. Sorry. Fluoxetine, right. All right. And so in 2005, when you first prescribed Celexa, it's not like this was her first day of taking an antidepressant, correct? Exactly. And in 2009, on the evening that she became deceased, that wasn't like it was her first day taking Celexa, correct? Correct. All right. And when patients come to visit you at Emory Clinic, they would fill out little boxes to check mark what possible issues they were having in a wide variety of areas, correct? Yes. And there was a section for mental health, correct? Yes. And when she checked those off, she would check off uh, anxiousness, but not depression, correct? correct? And not ever suicidal thoughts. Correct. Okay. And so that is something that occurred from 2005 to 2009. Periodically, she would go through and check these boxes like other patients, correct? Exactly, yes. And it was nervousness, anxiety that she would check, not depression, and not suicidal ideations. Correct. Okay. Correct. 
Now, in addition to the other issues that she had, she also had a thyroid issue, is that correct? Yes. And her particular disorder with it made her metabolism a little slower than normal. She was hypothyroid. Right. And so as well as that, she would self-report drinking alcohol. Yes. And you, of course, were prescribing her central, service, uh, central nervous system depressant, Celexa. Right. And so would her thyroid issue, if she's not taking her medication properly on that, also kind of slow her down like a, a central nervous system depressant? It could, but her thyroid levels were always normal when checked. Okay. All right. And so back looking through those medical records then, uh, from time to time, uh, it, there was some indication that she wasn't being compliant. There was. In one of my notes, I, I, I think that was in the very beginning, in 2005. And was that in relation to the thyroid medication or the other medications? I'm not sure. I don't think that was uh, delineated in the notes. Right. They weren't. All right, and then at some point you began prescribing her trazodone, correct? Yes. And that's purpose, the manufacturer purpose was as an antidepressant, correct? Correct. But you were prescribing as a sleep aid. That's how it's used now. It was not as effective as an antidepressant. It was found to be very good for sleep. And so the it can be used with the citalopram. So the answer to my question is you prescribed it to Mrs. Ward as a sleep aid? Yes. Thank you. All right, now, we already covered this a little bit, but you were well aware that she was self-reporting to be a regular drinker, correct? Yes. And depending on the particular visit, it would vary how much she was reporting, but it was essentially a daily or almost daily occurrence, correct? Yes. And it was more than one drink a day, correct? From one to two drinks a day, according to her report. And despite all of this self-reporting of drinking, you still had no fears or qualms about prescribing her the medication you were prescribing her, right? I did not at the time. Okay. And so as we were discussing earlier, you changed her prescription from Prozac to Celexa way back in 2005. Yes. So she had been on it approximately four years at the time of her death, September 21st, 2009. Correct. Okay. Now you testified this morning that you had referred her out to a psychiatrist. Can you point to me or anybody else in the records where that was? In, it's in the note of um, uh, December 6th, 2007. Okay. And, and you practice internal medicine? Yes. I do. And what does that mean? I'm a general internist. I take care of medical problems, but uh, in, in primary care, we do a lot of psychiatry also. Okay. So it's not uncommon to prescribe these medications. And what's your working definition of depression? Well, there's a, a list of criteria, you know, nine in the DSM-5, um, and basically if you have five of them, you, you can be considered depressed for a period of, if you had those symptoms for a period of time. Most so, of those symptoms, most of the days over a certain mood, period of yeah, time? Right, depressed mood, you know, feelings of worthlessness, um, sleeping too much, sleeping too much. I'm sorry, doctor, you need to wait till he finishes the question. Oh, sorry. The court reporter right. can't hear both of you. Go I'm ahead sorry. and repeat the question, Mr. J. And so you have to have most of those symptoms in most days within a certain period of time, correct? Right. Yes. All right. Now, when did you look up what the DSM-5 definition of depression is? Um, I reviewed it today. Okay. Back when we spoke a few weeks, right? Back when we spoke a few weeks ago, I asked you what your working definition was, independent of what DSM said. Exactly. And so, what was your definition of depression? 
well, I can't remember the exact words that I told you, but depressed mood, feelings of worthlessness, um, not being able to function, anhedonia, um, uh, well, suicidal ideation. I can't remember all the things I mentioned at that okay. time. I know the different And criteria. now you've gone back and reviewed the DSM-5? Yes. And would you recognize that as the authority on mental disorders? It is an authority, yeah. Right. Now, what was your working definition of anxiety or an anxiety disorder? Um, where people are so anxious that they're not able to function, they ruminate all the time, they're not able to, they have a lot of negative thoughts, and so. Have you since reviewed the DSM-5's definition of anxiety disorder? I have not. Okay, so that's your definition of it, correct? All right, and how about OCD, or obsessive compulsive disorder? Did you have a working definition of that? I do have a definition of that. That is, um, where you have intrusive thoughts that make you very anxious and or you have also in response to that repetitive actions um, okay. that are that control your life that are necessary to address the anxiety or address some you know need that you have All right now have you gone and reviewed the definition of that in the dsm-5 since we last spoke uh, All right, and you agree that at least a couple of weeks ago you said that these terms were kind of interchangeable as far as you were concerned. Is that correct? They go together. There's an overlap between anxiety and OCD. And has that changed since we last spoke? Your view no. of that? No. All right. And despite having now reviewed the DSM-5's definition of depression, do you still agree and maintain, as you did this morning, that anxiety was her primary issue? Absolutely. Okay. All right. Now, uh, over uh, the morning, you testified that um, you had referred her out to a psychiatrist? Yes. Did she ever go see one? She did not. Did you ever suggest that she go see a counselor to talk about this? Um, I felt that uh, a psychiatrist would probably be better for a medication review, and, and then she could have seen a counselor. Often they're referred from the psychiatrist. All right. Now, did you ever feel as though she was a danger to hurt herself? I didn't. Did you ever feel as though she was a danger to hurt someone else? I didn't. And as a physician, you'd be obligated to say something to somebody if you did? Yes, I would. And so even in May of 2019, in that last visit in July of 2019, you did not feel as though she was a threat to herself or anyone else, correct? 2009, yes. Yes, 2009. All right, thank you. Redirect. May this witness be excused. Thank you, Doctor. You're free to go. Yes, you may. Ladies and gentlemen, I need to talk to the attorneys for a minute, so I'm going to send you into the jury room so you don't have to listen to that white noise. <laughs> we'll bring you back as soon as we're done. Thanks. If you want to get some coffee or tea, go. feel free to warm up a little. All right, have a seat, everyone. Did, Mr. Ellsworth, go get your witness. I believe he did. Either that or he's making a run for it, Your Honor. I, who knows? It's looking I, like I he's coming that. back. All right. All right. You can proceed, Mr. Thank you, Your Honor. Uh, please, please sit down, uh, Ms. Steinhaus, and if you would state your name for the record, please. Christina Steinhaus. Thank you. Uh, now, uh, I'm going to try to move to this quickly and ask you whether or not you knew uh, uh, Diane Ward. Uh, yes, I did. 
And approximately when did you meet Ms. Ward? Uh, between 2006 and 2007. During that period, in, in what environment or what community did you meet her? Uh, both our daughters showed horses, and we met at a horse show. Now, after meeting her at the horse show, what became the nature of, of your friendship or relationship with Mrs. Ward? We became extremely good friends, best friends after a while. Okay. Now, uh, in, terms of, uh, in terms of your husband, what's his name for the record? James Steinhouse. And did uh, Mr. Steinhouse uh, have any friendship with Mr. Ward? Yes. Did your friendship with Mrs. Ward and Mr. Steinhouse's friendship with Mr. Ward result in uh, the couples socializing together and spending a great deal of time together? Yes. Other than the sh other than the the horse shows, what other activities did you do with Mrs. Ward? Well, we'd go to lunch, have ladies' lunch. We'd go shopping. We'd go to horse shows. We'd um, go to the horseradish grill for lunch. So we'd have Saturdays together. We'd go out to dinner. We spoke on the phone every day. Every day. Every day. Would you have a special time when you would call? Yeah, about five o'clock. So around five o'clock, you and Mrs. Ward would ch would chat. Yes. Uh, would would this is this something where you and Mrs. Ward would be you know you're on the phone having some wine, she's having wine too. Exactly. It was our cocktail half hour. Okay. And so you would have sort of the cocktail hour together. Exactly. Uh, now, did you ever spend any vacations or excuse me any holidays like Thanksgiving together as a couple? We did as a family. Now, uh, and which one was that? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. All right. The, the I want to direct your attention a little bit to the, to the horse shows, and I want to kind of ask you to describe to the court uh, whether there were any occasions in which uh, uh, Mrs. Ward uh, would apparently drink too much and would lash out and become angry and aggressive toward other people. Not initially. When I first met Diane, she was carefree and happy. Um, but towards 2008 and 2009, uh, she became, she started to drink a lot. She would start to drink late in the morning at the horse shows, and that would continue into the evening. She was also taking medication at the same time. She was under a, a great deal of stress and pressure from a number of sources. And um, she began to lose her temper um, in an aggressive, volatile fashion. Explain that to the court about what, what happened. One evening um, in late 2008, we were at a horse show. Um, we were at the, at the Conyers Horse Show for a national derby that both of our daughters were riding in. And um, Diane lost her temper on me. She went after me and got in my face and was extremely aggressive. Rude, mean, called me every name in the book, pushed me. And I said, you have to calm down. This is about children. This, isn't, this should not affect our friendship. So I walked away and did what I needed to do. 
And a couple of hours later, after the show had completed, I saw two people helping her to her car. She was totally inebriated. So she had apparently to you so much to drink that that she physically had to be assisted or uh, oh yes kind of carried there was not no doubt. not physically carried but assisted physically assisted to her uh, vehicle to, yes sir to uh, to the vehicle now she she physically pushed you and, and screamed at you that day she shook me by the shoulder I was sitting in a golf cart with her okay and you you were her best friend yes did she. Uh, on that occasion at that horse show exhibit any sort of anger and aggression toward any of the other parents there at the show? No. Okay. Uh, did she on on other occasions exhibit anger and uh, an aggression toward any of the other parents at some of the other horse shows after drinking red wine? Yes. Please tell the court. Uh, we were at a horse show in Aiken in um, approximately April 2009 and um, she lost her temper on another parent um, publicly at the side of the show ring, at the side of three different show rings, um, pushing this woman, shaking her finger against her eyeglasses, and verbally assaulting her for about an hour and 45 minutes. Prior to that, had you seen Mrs. Uh, Ward uh, consuming red wine? Yes. How much red wine was she consuming prior to this, this uh, incident, uh, this aggressive incident? I, I, I don't know. I, I assume the incident happened around 2.30 in the afternoon, and if she started drinking at 11 or 11.30, it's anyone's guess. Okay. Now, uh, have there been other instances in which she has shown uh, verbal or physical aggression toward uh, others at the horse show after drinking red wine? Not that I have witnessed. Okay. Now, have the, has there been an occasion at one of the horse shows in which you might have seen her in the morning, say around 11 o'clock, and then had an occasion to see her some 45 minutes or an hour after that? Yes. Tell us about that, please. I believe it was the following weekend, and um, we were sitting in the exhibitor's tent. We got there at about 11 o'clock. The caterers were setting lunch. The bar was open. Diane had a cooler with her with wine in it and um, we sat down and had some fruit. She, was, she had a glass of wine and I excused myself about a half hour later and said I need to go to the ring, I need to get some work done, I'll be back. And uh, I did. I came back about 45 minutes later and she was sitting at the same table in the same spot with her head on her arm and her eyes were like roomy and I said, what's the matter with you? Diane, what's wrong? What did you do? And she said, I was drinking wine. So um, I didn't want another incident to happen. So I, I asked her very politely if she wouldn't mind leaving the horse show with me. I took her in her car back to the hotel. I took her to her room and I told her I'd be back at five o'clock and we could go to dinner then. And I left with her vehicle so she couldn't leave. Now, uh, what year was that? 2009. Okay. Now in, in that, in the, in the, in the horsing community that, that would go to the horse shows, uh, 
Were you aware of whether uh, Mrs. Ward had a reputation for being aggressive, uh, both verbally and physically aggressive, uh, and, uh, toward others after she drank red wine? Possibly. Well, would you tell me about possibly? Well, I don't. <laughs> I don't think anybody would want to cross her after she was drinking red wine for a while. I think everybody was careful about what they spoke about to her. My question was whether or not the people in the community were talking among, among themselves about the incidents that you have described here in formulating uh, an opinion about her reputation for being aggressive and violent after drinking red wine. I understand, and yes. Okay. And what was that? What, what was that? Uh, what was her reputation? That she would lose her temper when she was drinking red wine, and um, she didn't always see the situation in a reasonable fashion, a reasonable or rational fashion that she would have before she was drinking red wine. Would you see as her best friend uh, uh, occasions in which she would appear? Uh, uh, perfectly or relatively normal, and then very shortly thereafter have a dramatically different uh, reaction which could be irritable or aggressive uh, or even potentially violent. The last situation I told you about at the exhibitor's tent, um, there's no way that she could have, in my mind, there's no way that she could have been as drunk as she appeared in a 45-minute period of time I don't think she could have drank enough alcohol to become slurring her words and her eyes were drooping and she was having trouble walking. This happened between 11.30 and 12.30. Okay. Now, uh, were, were you aware of uh, any difficulties or troubles that the wards were having with a particular bonding company regarding uh, Mr. Ward's business? I was aware. Tell us about that, please. Uh, there was a bond company that was coming onto their property in Atlanta and peering through the windows, taking pictures of Diane in her nightgown in the early morning hours when she didn't expect it, um, invading their privacy, taking, taking their cars. Um, I believe they might have had to go to court to get their cars back a couple of times and and it was very, very upsetting to Diane. Well, let me ask you this. Did she express to you, either in person or over the phone, uh, her anger towards... Oh, yeah. Well, tell she us a little sure bit did. about that, just how, how, how she expressed to you... She was, in, she was indignant. Of course she would be indignant. And she, would, she had a saying. She'd go, I'm going to get the gun. I'm going to get the gun. I didn't take that as she was going to get the gun. But she did, it was something that she said when she felt out of control and where her space was invaded. So this is in 2009? And 2008. This was longstanding. So in 2008 and 2009, yes. your testimony is that when Mrs. Ward uh, would become frustrated, angry, and felt out of control, that she would say to you, I'm going to go get the gun. I'm going to get the gun. Not, I'm going to get the gun. I'm going to get the gun. I'm going to get the gun. Yes. Uh, now, when she said this to you, was this uh, in person uh, or was it over the telephone? 
I would say most always on the telephone. She'd call me after an incident. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be there, obviously, or they wouldn't be snooping in the windows um, if there were somebody else to witness that. So she would call me and say, I can't believe this. This is ridiculous, Christina. And tell me the story and go, I'm just going to get the gun. I'm going to get the gun. How many times did she say on these occasions that I'm going to go get the gun? Maybe once or twice in the conversation. It was said in an emphatic way. Okay. She was mad I mean, and angry, and who wouldn't be, rightfully. Now, when uh, did you ever see uh, Mrs. Ward with a gun? No. Uh, do you know whether she ever target practiced or did any of that? Not to my knowledge. All right. And you were her best friend. You had no knowledge of that. No, I had no okay. knowledge of that. When did there come a time when uh, when Mrs. Ward was to essentially move her material, although the, the house remained in Atlanta, move uh, her material pri uh, principally down to Florida for residence? Yes. Uh, did you talk with her about how she felt about that? Many times. And what was that? She was very upset about making the move. She did not want to go. Would you help her or you you involved in a process where she had to kind of go through her stuff, decide what was going to stay and what what, what had to go? We, we did clear out um, a storage area that had some old furniture in it. We did that together. She called and asked me if I would bring my truck and help her because um, her husband wanted the storage area cleared out. All right. Now, did you have or either meet with her personally or over the phone days before she traveled down uh, to Florida, uh, which would have been, you know, a few days prior to her passing? Yes. To answer your question, I had lunch with her the day before she left. So, uh, and that was in Atlanta? At the Horseradish Grill in Buckhead. When you got there, was Mrs. Ward already there? Yes. And uh, was she drinking? She was. What was she drinking? Red wine. Did that surprise you? Yes, it did. Why? She stopped drinking red wine for quite some time because it, um, it had a peculiar effect upon her. And she began to drink Prosecco instead. And um, that day was the first time in a very long time that I saw a bottle of red wine on a table at lunch. Did you ask her about it? I did. What did you say? She said, I think I'll be fine. So during that discussion, you, I think you indicated that she expressed disappointment about having to go to Florida. She was upset. There was no question. She was she didn't want to leave Atlanta. She didn't want to leave Buckhead, her home. She didn't want to leave her friends. Um, she didn't want to stay down in Florida where she didn't know anybody. Okay. Well, did you help her pack up? Did she pack up the dogs, the cat, and the bird? She did. She had people help her. And uh, were you speaking with her as she was driving from Atlanta down to Florida? I did speak to her three times as she was driving. Was she happy about going while she was driving down or not? No, she wasn't happy. The dogs weren't happy. Did you plan on going to visit her uh, at any time in the near future after she had gone down to Florida? Yes. And when were you going to go visit her? I was supposed to be there the Wednesday after she died. 
So you would you, you were to have gone to visit her on September the 23rd, 2009. Correct. So uh, a few more uh, uh, quick questions. Were you aware of uh, Mrs. Ward's habit concerning how she handled her medications? Yes, I was. Uh, did she have uh, sort of the pill boxes that she would put her pills in and take them daily, or did she have a different procedure? Well, I encouraged her to get one of those nice containers to put her pills in, but she didn't. She kept her pill bottles in her pocketbook, and um, if we were driving together, she might ask me to get a bottle out for her. Um, I don't, she didn't always, couldn't always remember if she had taken her medication or if she hadn't taken her medication. Well, if she didn't remember, then what, how would she react? What would she do if she, if she didn't have a specific recollection? She'd take another one. She would just take some more medication? Yes. Did Mrs. Ward express, express to you any feeling or philosophy about whether if one pill worked, then another pill would be even better? I believe that Diane was naive when it came to medication. I don't, I don't think she took it all that seriously. And I think she felt if one pill was going to help, the second pill was going to help more. Okay. Now, uh, did you speak with, you indicated that, that uh, you would speak with Mrs. Ward around 5 o'clock every day? Yes. And did you do so on September the 21st, 2009? I did. Now, do you remember what that discussion was about? I do. And essentially or briefly, what, what was that about? Well, we were, we were talking about a horse show, the Capital Challenge. We were planning on, um, we're making some plans to travel together up for that horse show in Maryland. Um, her daughter, Sarah, was very, very sick. And our conversation was predominantly about um, Sarah and how sick she was and how Diane was supposed to have a deposition that week and she was extremely, extremely upset about it and very, very torn because she believed that she needed to go be with her daughter at college. Um, she thought that Sarah was gravely, gravely ill. Okay. The school had told her that and that's what our conversation was about that night. You talked with uh, Mrs. Ward over the phone virtually every day, correct? Correct. Well, could you tell, as her best friend, listening to her voice, whether or not she had had too much to drink? No. How would you, what would, what would require from you as her best friend to be able to tell whether she had had too much to drink? If I saw her face, saw her eyes. Uh, I want to follow up very quickly, uh, Ms. Tyne. When you, when you testified about these, these two matters in which Mrs. Ward, uh, at the horse shows, that she uh, was screaming and, and, and pushed you and then either pushed or, uh, or, or in an aggressive way touched another individual. I want to follow up with that. Who was that other woman? Sandra Porath. Sandra Porath? Yes. Hold on, ma'am. Two things. Spell your last name, please. And S then go ahead. S T E I N H A U S. And now spell this person's name, Sandra Porath. P O R. A-T-H. A-T-H. Thank you. Go ahead, Mr. Gill. Thank you, Your Now, what, what, did these events, first of all, with Ms. Porath, did that take place uh, out in 
uh, in a public area? It did. Were other people there? Yes, they were. How many people? I would say there's 600 people at the horse show at a minimum the at that time. The people that were around the incident, how many were, how many were around this incident? At least over 150. A approximately 150 people were there observing this? Yes. This, a horse show has different rings where horses compete in, and each one has uh, a viewing stand or an exhibitor tent. And this particular argument argument went to one, two, three, four, five rings. Okay. So the outdoors with over 100 people watching. At least. How about you, the incident with you? Was that, was that public? Yes. And where did that take place? That took place um, at the International Arena at a Conyers horse show. And uh, how many people were around you and Mrs. Ward when this happened? 50 to 75. 50 to 75 people? Mm -hmm. Did least. people observe you and, uh, and Mrs. Ward in this? They ran. Pardon me? They ran. People ran away? Yes. Out of fear? Yes. Sustained. Now, uh, when you indicated that there was a, that people, did people within the, the, the horse community, these people, the 600 or 150 that watched the Miss Porath interview or uh, incident and the ones with you, did people within the horse community talk about these, these incidents as something that was uh, Yes, it was troubling. a hot topic of conversation. It was, um, it was spoken about a lot. It was spoken about online and throughout our horse forums. Well, how many people were talking about it? How many people became aware of this? Uh, uh, dozens or 50 or 60 or 100 or what? Uh, our horse show community is, um, is small. It can, each horse show will range between um, 600 to 1,500 people. And um, it's a small world. And everybody knew, without a doubt. Now, when you say that you're aware of her knowledge, let's put it that way, there was common knowledge that there was problems between Sandra Porath and Diane Ward. Was there, was it common knowledge and my, I'll focus it more specifically on whether there was common knowledge about Mrs. Ward uh, after drinking red wine having uh, a, a potential uh, volatile outburst in terms of verbal and physical aggression. I believe after those two incidences, yes. Okay. During that period of time, I believe she began to get a bad reputation. Well, did you talk to other people about it in the horsing community? I am not the kind of person that engages in gossip, but people did talk to me about it, yes. So people that, that were not involved in the incident but were there talked with you about it, and that's the, the basis, is that the basis upon which you have drawn the, uh, your, your uh, conclusion about her reputation in that community for aggression or violence after she drank red wine? I would have to say yes to your question. Okay. And just on one more matter, were you, have you ever been deposed in this case? Were you deposed earlier, years ago? No. Uh, you mean by... Did, did you ever give a deposition where, where uh, prosecutors sat down and deposed you and asked no. you questions? Anything else? That's all I have, Your Honor. Mr. Jay, you have any questions you want to ask her? 
Christina Steinhaus. And so it's your testimony that you never sat down with lawyers and discussed this case on September 8th, 2011, around 1.30 p.m. at 2050 Marconi in Alpharetta, Georgia, A-L-P-H-R, or A-L-P-H-A-R-E-T-T-A, Georgia, 30005 zip code. What was the name that you brought up? Christina Steinhaus? No, no, Marconi. Yeah, 2050 Marconi is, I guess, the address. Alpha Retta, Georgia, 30005. No. I spoke with somebody at my house regarding the case, but I don't believe she was an attorney. Does the name Robin Wilkinson ring a bell? No. Kenneth Lewis. I spoke with a woman. I could look her up on my phone if you'd like. Do you show that I spoke to these people? Yeah, it, it shows that you were sworn in and gave a deposition. I, w I was supposed to testify. Can I say that? You can. I, I was supposed to testify in the previous trial. I'm, it's not always clear to me whose prosecution and whose defense. No, the let me let me intercede here, which I rarely do. Did you ever sit down in a room, not in a trial, where you were placed under oath, and lawyers asked you questions about your potential testimony? It would have been in 2011. I spoke with a, a I believe, an investigator. Oh, she was a woman, and she <clears throat> came to my farm and talked to me at my farm. In and, Alpharetta, Georgia? Yes. It's actually Milton, but Alpharetta will work. And then um, I did speak to, um, I, I spoke to somebody at the trial, and, um, but not, and not in Alpharetta. We'll cross that bridge. I'm sorry. I really don't. Not, I That's don't okay. That I can call people that were there. Um, so this horse community, did you all have like your own Facebook page or something like that back in 2009? Well, we all have Facebook. That's not the question, ma'am. The question is, did the horse group community have like a community page? There were, there was one. All right. And did you all discuss Mrs. Ward's behavior on that page? I did not participate. I did read it. Did anybody? Yes. And how many people discussed her behavior? No idea. But you read that yourself? Yes. All right. And these horse shows, how frequently did they occur? Uh, my daughter and I would attend between 25 and 30 per year. All right. And is it always the same people that goes to these shows? Pretty much. A lot of them. Mm -hmm. A lot of them or all of them? Well, not 100%. We always don't go here. I'll go to all these horse shows. There's a lot of horse shows. We have a small world. We, most of us know each other and have ridden alongside of each other for many, many years. 
And so this incident with the other woman that's not you, what exactly did Mrs. Ward do to her? She lost her temper. She poked her in the face. She pushed her sunglasses against her head and she pushed her back and she yelled at her for an hour and 45 minutes. For an hour and 45 minutes? Yes. Okay. And um, you said how many people were there? 100, 150? Yeah, probably. For the whole hour and 45 minutes? They were moving. This is outside. They were moving from ring to ring. Okay. And did anybody break up this argument in that hour and 45 minutes? No. Uh, I tried. Did security get called? There is no security. There's no security at this horse show with all these expensive horses and young ladies riding the horses, right? Correct. Okay. Anybody call the police? No. All right. And so this pushing and face mushing, did that happen at the beginning, the middle, or at the end of this hour and 45 minutes? All throughout. So she did it multiple times? Yes. In front of 150 people? Okay, let me try and describe this better so that you can understand. There wasn't 150 people standing in a circle watching Diane Ward push Sandra Porath around. We are all showing horses at various rings. This type of thing doesn't happen at the side of the rings. It is considered bad behavior, bad performance. It's considered improper behavior. All of us were embarrassed. Okay. They should have been embarrassed. So... How many people actually did see this confrontation? Because 150. As she went from ring to ring and walked around, everybody was like, what? So she's walking around like next to her behind this other woman, yelling at her and then mushing her every once in a while, mushing her face. She poked her. Okay. She didn't mush her. She were you poked the, her. Were you there the entire hour and 45 minutes? Yes, I was, but not directly next to her. I was either on a horse, in a golf cart, or they were standing by the ring that my daughter was going to show in at that particular moment. Okay. Or I was behind the barn where they were also. It started behind the barn. And now with you, how many people were present between the confrontation between you and Mrs. Ward? Uh, there were at least 50 to 75 people there. And how long did that confrontation last? Between 10 and 20 minutes, I didn't, I had a horse going in the ring I, I stopped to say hi to Diane. I didn't stop to get yelled at. Okay. I stopped to say hi. I sat in the golf cart and said hi. I saw one of our friends take off from the golf cart because apparently she already knew that Diane was incensed. Right. And I tried to explain it. I tried to calm her down. And I said, I'm sorry, I've got a horse going in the ring. You sit here and do what you're doing. And I left. And so how many people... Have you specifically talked to about the event between you and Mrs. Ward in that community? I don't think it needed to be a matter of discussion. I didn't talk to anybody about it. That, that's an embarrassing situation. That's not something to be discussed lightly. All right, so the answer is you didn't discuss what happened between you and Mrs. Ward with anyone, correct? I probably discussed it with Neil Seitz, and I know I discussed it with my daughter because Diane called me the next morning to apologize at 8.30. Right. My daughter was with me in our hotel room. Now, the incident with the other lady, how many people did you specifically speak about with, uh, in regards to that incident? Possibly no one. I considered it out of form, bad form. All right. No other I, questions. No, Thank please you. Please let me finish. Thank you. Uh, 
All right. Thank you. Uh, Anything else? I, I would like Bill? to follow up. I go ahead. You you wanted to finish your answer. This this is not. I we are not gossipers. And for me to call other people and drag this story through the mud like it was already being done by everybody else, I'm not going to participate in that, which is why I, did. I left the horse show after I spoke with Diane and at the end of the fight she had with Sandra, and I told her I was deeply disappointed in her behavior, and she should never behave that way at a horse show. It's not considered proper. I then got in the car, and I took my daughter my groom, my horses, and I went back to Alpharetta because it was my daughter's junior prom that night. So I didn't have a chance to talk to anybody, and I didn't want to. I was horrified. Now, the, you were asked a question about who you talked with. How, how were you aware, as you testified earlier, that other people were talking about, as a result of this incident, Mrs. Ward's reputation in the horsing community for, uh, after the red wine, for... Uh, acting out in terms of uh, aggression and potential violence. Let's see if I can describe that for you. Trainers knew it. Other kids knew it. Um, people that would come to my farm who didn't know that who I was, maybe to put their horse there or to look around, would say, oh, did you hear about the wards? Did you hear what happened at the horse show? And I would turn those conversations off quickly. Well, you say trainer. So trainers talked. You didn't not necessarily that you talked to them about it, but other people talked to you about what happened. Yes, all the time. How many people talked to you about what happened, either with you and Mrs. Ward, or with you and Mrs. Porth uh, with Mrs. Ward and, and Mrs. Porthrat? Over a period of time, in excess of thirty, it was well known. That's all I have, Your Honor. All right. Thank you, ma'am. One more time. Could you step out into the hallway? Yes. Thank you. You may inquire. Can you state your name for the record? My name is Mallory Ward. And you, could you tell the jury relationship with the defendant? Um, the defendant is my father. And um, where do you live now, Mallory? I live in Atlanta. And what do you do there? I uh, work at a school. Now, back in 2009, uh, where were you living? I was living in Washington, D.C. I was a senior in college. While you were in college, did you have occasion to come and visit your parents in Atlanta or in Orlando, wherever they were? I did. Any break that I had, every holiday that I had, I was always home with my family. If you could given an estimate about how often you would come and see them, just so the jury has some understanding about that. This is 2008 to 2009. I, any holiday, so Easter, Christmas, summer break, spring break, I actually spent three out of my four spring breaks in college with my mom. Not a normal college student thing to do, but we liked each other. Um, and you have a, a younger sister. I do. And, and, what, and what's her name? Her name is Sarah. And what is Sarah's, one of her passions in her life? Sarah loves horses. And she was good at it. And is that something as a family we all would like to do, go to these horse shows together? We would. I tried to stay away from it. I didn't 
love the horses, but my family and I enjoyed spending time together. So we'd go as a family. And tell the jury about what, what was your observation of the relationship that your mom and dad had together? My parents had a very loving relationship. My dad doted on her. My mom respected him. Um, they were great. I mean, it wasn't like leave it to beaver, but nothing is. But, you know, my parents loved each other. And my sister and I got a lot out of that. And did you did your family try to stay together, do holidays together, traditional type of holiday dinners and such? Oh, always. My mom would cook for days before Christmas. Typical Italian, like my aunt had said. Big, big Italian. Oh, yeah. Festive. Making sauce for days. Good lasagna. What was your understanding in your, of your business, of your dad's business? I mean, I knew what he did. I was in college, so or I was young, and so I was... I knew what he did. I knew when things were good. I knew when things weren't great, but I was pretty wrapped up in myself when I was in college. Even though you were sort of, I guess, the Me Too generation or the Me generation, you uh, you did notice in 2009 that the money flows in the family seemed a little tighter. Oh yeah, I mean it was it was pretty obvious that things weren't what they were, but again. I was pretty sheltered from it because I was in school. Did you know about your father's business bankruptcy? I did. Um, how was your relationship with your mom? We had a great relationship. Uh, my mom and I spoke all the time. I called her every day. Like I said, we spent spring break together. Um, she, I, I loved her. She was great. Did you have discussions with your mom? about your concerns about your mom's drinking? Oh, absolutely. We would tell her, you know, maybe you don't need to finish that bottle of wine. Or, you know, you, you try to bring it up, but you're a kid and you just assume that your parents know what's best for them. And Did you ever talk to your mom that you said, Mom, you should maybe cut back because it makes you loopy? Yeah. Oh, she definitely would get loopy. How about your dad? What was the relationship like? How was your relationship with your dad? I have a great relationship with my dad. I've always had a good relationship with him. I respect him. We're a lot alike. I get my voice from my dad. Um, but yeah, I mean, no but. Um, he's great. I love him. Now, going to September 21st, 2009. You spoke with your mom that day, isn't that correct? I did. Tell the jury about that conversation. There were a few conversations. Uh, we actually spoke three times the day that she died. Um, and she talked, I believe, about going to lunch with my dad and things that they were doing together. She said she was going to get a Facebook. I said, please don't. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was, I believe that's what we spoke about. It was not recently. How did you find out about your mom's death? Uh, my aunt called me Tuesday morning, uh, September 22nd, and told me that I needed to get on a flight and uh, come down to Florida because uh, something had happened. And you had you spoke with your aunt. 
What did you do? Uh, I, I had asked her, and I, I, I think it was somewhere along the lines of, you know, is mom alive? Like, what happened? And she said, I think it was fatal. And I turned to my, my roommate in college, and I looked at her. Projection of the relevance. The narrative. Okay. You still love your dad, Mallory? Yes, I would not be here if I didn't. That's all I have for you. Uh, In those recent days before your mom's passing, had she ever talked to you about an upcoming deposition or something that she was set for? I don't recall. Would it refresh your memory to see your deposition? Absolutely. May I approach the witness and show her page nine? You may. If you would, ma'am, can you read to yourself uh, the beginning of page nine and read a few lines down until you can decide if you remember or not? Does that help you remember? Um, a little. Okay. You think she might have mentioned it to you? I assume that she did. I'm sorry again. It was a really long time ago. Understood. <laughs> you weren't aware of your mom being treated for any mental illnesses, were you? I was not. Um, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And you were aware that uh, your parents drank, right? Yes. And like you said before, they were good, every family's good, but nobody's beaver, leave it to beaver, or something like that, right? Correct. So is it fair to say even good parents sometimes argued? Yeah, sir. Sorry, that was weird. Yep, yep. it's fine, but maybe not in court. <laughs> um, and when they drank, would they sometimes argue as well, just because you're drinking and that happens? Yes, it happens. Okay. And they were good about trying to keep away from you and Sarah what it was they would argue about. Is that fair? Absolutely. They would do it behind closed doors? Sure. But sometimes you could still hear the fact that they were arguing, even though you didn't hear what it was about. Right? My parents never went into a room and closed a door and fought. I'm not saying fight. I'm just saying argue. argue. They never, like, there was never an instance where they're like, let me see you, and they closed the door and shielded us. That wouldn't happen. Okay. Do you remember giving a testimony on a former proceeding in 2011? Sorry, I don't. The previous trial? Former proceeding. Let Sorry. me, if I could, can I approach and show her page 1288? You may. All right, and so let me back it up a little bit. Would they argue in other rooms than when where you and Sarah were in? Possibly.
And you were aware that both of your parents had uh, anxiety medication because of the financial problems. I do not know if I was aware that it was anxiety medication at the time. Would looking at page 17 of your deposition possibly refresh your memory on that issue? I make no guarantees, but we can try. Right. May I approach? You may. Is that font big enough for you? Yeah. You're the youngest person. You know. <laughs> Down here, starting at like line 17, can you read to yourself? Does that refresh your memory? Again, I'm really sorry. I don't know if, if I said that at the time, then that's what I was aware of. And it's again, it's entirely possible that I did not know that those medications were for anxiety until after the fact. But you accept that your answer at that time was that they were both taking it because of the business problems. Absolutely. I wasn't lying. So they said that in 2009, you were aware that there was some financial issues going on related to your father's business, correct? Correct. And were your parents separating their property out into their individual names, like the Georgia homes to your mother? Uh, I don't recall. May I approach the witness with pages 23 and 24? You may. I'm gonna ask you to start with line 22 on page 23 down. Um, to line seven on page 24. Let me know if the font's too small. No, actually, that's the, the older you get. <laughs> then yes, I guess I didn't know. All right. And so is it true that you were aware that they were putting the Georgia homes in your mom's name because of that bond safeguard company was coming after them hard, right? I suppose so. And Ultimately, um, you understood that there was an irrevocable trust created on your behalf and for your sister? I believe I found that out after, yes. All right. So you weren't going to any uh, CEO board meetings at Land Resource or any of these corporations if, you, if the trust had given you a 10% interest in the companies, right? You were like 15? I think I was 21, actually. <laughs> but still, no. Okay. No other questions.